Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Thank you very much. Good evening, everybody. Praise God. Well, shake hands with somebody, smile real big, and tell them you're in the right place tonight. And then you can be seated. Praise God. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Well, I want to get in the Word right now, because I know um, our time is limited, and I want to spend as much time as we can with a word from the Lord that I believe He has for you tonight. Praise God. In Proverbs chapter 29, you're all familiar with it. Verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In the little Hebrew, it's where there is no prophetic oracle from God. Where there is no prophetic word from God, the people perish. It it implies that when there is no prophetic word from God, then the people wander aimlessly until they perish. That's what the prophet's ministry was about under the Old Testament. He was God's mouthpiece. He heard what God had to say, and then he spoke it to give direction to the people so that they wouldn't wander aimlessly through life and eventually perish. So a prophetic oracle from God was important under the Old Testament. It's important in today under the New Testament. In fact, one of the offices of ministry listed in the New Testament is the office of the prophet. And so we need the prophetic word today just like they needed it back then. Well, a number of years ago, I was preaching with Brother Copeland in the uh, Southwest Believers Convention. And uh, after I got through, actually as he introduced me and uh, he was about to go take his seat, he stopped and turned around and said, Jerry, the word of the Lord's come to me. And he said, the Lord is calling you into the office of a seer. And you'll begin to see into the spirit of things to come. And he'll hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ everywhere you go. Well, I didn't ask for that. I was happy doing what I was doing. I mean, I started out as a street evangelist. I didn't start my ministry in a church. No church wanted to hear a word I had to say. Uh, So I didn't wait for an invitation. I went to the streets and started this ministry, preaching to alcoholics, drug addicts, prostitutes, had such success, the church couldn't ignore me anymore. So they started inviting me to come. And uh, that was 47 years ago, praise God. Amen. And God has done some awesome things. So I started out as a street evangelist. And I love winning souls, still do. That's what Chariots of Light Christian Bikers is all about. We send teams all over the nation and in Canada as well. We're about to invade some other nations. Well, we go into major secular rallies like Sturgis, Daytona, uh, Lone Star and Galveston. And a team of our, our Chariots of Light members go in and spend the week with these guys, most of whom don't know the Lord, many of whom are outlaw bikers, and uh, one-on-one evangelism. And last year alone, just last year alone, one-on-one evangelism, our team won over 30,000 people to Christ. Praise God. Amen. And just the first uh, few months of this year, we're at what total? Over 
17,000 just since January alone. And we're believing for 100,000 souls this year. Amen. So I'm still very much involved in evangelism. And then eventually, uh, when I went to work with Brother Copeland, uh, he had me to start teaching in all of his morning services. And so the office of teacher became a very prominent, took a very prominent place in my life. I love teaching. It's my favorite thing to do is teach. And uh, so from that, we've established Bible schools all over the world. I'm heavily involved, not only in soul winning, but discipleship as well. And then, um, you know, because I've, I've planted Bible schools, I've planted churches, uh, I train nationals all over the world, that comes under the office of the apostle. So I've been involved in evangelism. I've been involved in the office of teacher. I've been involved in the office of the apostle. And then God said, how about prophet? I said, Lord, I'm happy with what I'm already doing. And he said, well, since you're such a good volunteer, I'll just add something else. (laughs) So since that time, the Lord has been sharing with me prophetic words about things to come. In October of 2015, I was preaching in Baltimore. And um, after the service, went back to my room, just preparing to go to bed. I was going to fly out the next morning to another city. And before I uh, reached the bed, the Lord gave me a word about 2016. I'm not going to read it all, but here's what he said. Extraordinary things are taking place in the heavenlies, and 2016 will come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. He said, some things that my faithful people have been believing for, for a long time, will break loose in 2016. If they will not give up, if they will not quit, if they will not let go of their faith, praise God. How many of you have been believing God for things for a long time? Well, it's time to shout because it's breaking loose time. Hallelujah. Amen. Breaking loose time. And so I began preaching that first at our church there in the Fort Worth area, and then I've preached it all over the world since the beginning of the year, wherever I have been. Uh, Jesse DePlantis and I just returned from Italy just a short time ago. I preached it all over Italy. I preached it a few weeks before all over England, and we are seeing a great breaking loose take place all over the world. In fact, riding up here today, when we stopped for the first time for fuel, I checked my phone to see if I had any messages, and there was a text message from a pastor friend of mine in Canada where I had been a few months ago preaching along these lines, and he said, Brother Jared, just want you to know we are indeed having a major breaking loose. He said, in fact, our church is growing so rapidly since you were here that we're having to go to two services very soon, and he said, not only that, prosperity has broke out in our church. Hallelujah. It's a great breaking loose time. How many of you could use some breaking loose in your life? Well, lift both hands and say, God, I'm a candidate. Hallelujah. And go ahead and give him a shout in advance. Amen. Praise God. So without a prophetic word from God, people wander aimlessly and eventually perish. Well, that's the reason the Lord says these things to us because he wants you to have direction in your life. He wants you to have something that you can hang your faith on, so to speak. Amen. A target that you can trust him for. So when the Lord said that, I immediately thought of something that took place in the ministry of Jesus that is recorded in Luke chapter 13. So would you turn there with me, please? Luke chapter 13. 
And guys, you help me with the time, okay? Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, now I want you to notice that this woman didn't approach Jesus. He saw her. He was teaching just like I'm doing right now. And she caught his eye. And he stopped right in the middle of his message and began to direct his attention to her. And it says that he said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Now let's remember, she has been in this condition for 18 years. That's a long time. Most people who've experienced something for 18 years really lose hope of ever getting any better. Most people decide, I guess I must learn to live with this. Just adapt, you know. Uh, It must be my lot in life. And who knows, that may have been what this woman was thinking. But one thing is good that we can read here about this woman, and that is this. She didn't let it keep her out of church. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said she didn't let her long-term problem keep her out of church. She was at the synagogue. I know a lot of Christians, it don't take 18 years, about 18 minutes, and they ain't going to church no more. How long you been going through this? About 18 minutes, I quit. (laughs) 18 years she had suffered with this, but she still went to the synagogue. And you have to understand, the Bible says she was bowed over and she could not lift herself up. She walked like this. When she spoke, she had to look out of the corner of her eye. If she shook hands with someone, it was like this. I know what that's like because my wife, when she and I first started dating, which I might add, we're about to celebrate 50 years of marriage in July, praise God. When we first started dating, she was introducing me to family members and she had an uncle by the name of Jesse, Uncle Jesse. And she said, before she introduced me to him, before he came to the house, she said, now my uncle has had a problem uh, most of his life and he was, he was probably in his 60s at the time I met him. She said, he's bowed over and he can't lift himself up and he'll look at you out of the corner of his eye and he'll shake hands like this. And they have to help him sit down, they have to help him get up. Well, when Uncle Jesse came to the house, she was right. I mean, he was bowed over like this and had been that way most of his life. And so uh, later, a few months later, uh, Carolyn said, I, want you, I was in college at the time. She said, I want you to come home because there's a man gonna be in our church this, this weekend and I want you to hear him. I said, well, who is it? I, I wasn't going to church that much back then. She said, a man named William Brennan. I said, William Brennan, I, I never heard of him. She said, well, I knew you'd never heard of him. You don't go to church, how would you know him? She said, but I want you to come and hear him. He's, a, he's one of my, pa- my pastor's closest friends. Her pastor was Jack Moore, uh, new uh, uh, Life Tabernacle in Shreveport, Louisiana. And his best friend, uh, along with William Brandon, was Gordon Lindsay. And they all traveled together. And so uh, I came home because Carolyn wanted me to, not because I wanted to. And I just wanted to be with her. And we went to the William Brandon meeting. So... They got the whole family on, on a road together. 
And here comes Uncle Jesse. And they, they have a seat on the end for him, so it'd be easy for him, you know, not having to get through all of those people. And he sat down on the end, and when William Brennan came out and began to minister, within about 15 minutes, he just stopped and said, God's healing people right now. And we heard all this noise going on down at the end. It was bones straightening up. And in a little while, Uncle Jesse walked out of there like this. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because it was his great breaking loose day. I said it was his great breaking loose day. I mean, over 20 years, this man had lived that way. In fact, probably closer to 40 years, he'd lived this way. But he walked out of there straight and tall and normal like anybody else. Why? Because he had a breaking loose. Jesus said to this woman, woman, thou art loosed from this infirmity. Now you read the rest of the story and it talks about how the religious leaders in that synagogue got upset with Jesus because he healed on the wrong day. As if they healed on any day. They didn't get anybody healed on any day. But when Jesus got people healed, it was always the wrong day. And so he called them hypocrites. And then he made this statement. This is what I want you to see more than anything else. Look at verse 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. Notice, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. What has that got to do with anything? Covenant. She was a covenant woman. And what Jesus is saying is this, covenant people don't have to remain in this condition. Covenant people ought to be free. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? In fact, the New Living Translation says, isn't it right that she be released? Isn't it right that she be released? Why was it right? Why would Jesus make a statement like that? Isn't it right that this woman be released? Because he understood her covenant rights. And he's saying, I am here to enforce those rights. I believe anybody that has a covenant with God, if they'll find out what blessings are involved in that covenant and they stand for them and they will not relent and they will not back off, but because it's their right as a covenant man or woman, God will see to it. They are enforced. Hallelujah. And you will have a great breaking loose. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Amen. Jesus thought it was the right thing to do for her to be released from this bondage. And notice he made it very clear where that bondage came from, what the source was, whom Satan hath bound. God doesn't go around making people sick. In fact, I think it's interesting that this is written by Luke, the physician, I think it's also interesting that a physician didn't say she had a disease for 18 years, but the good doctor said it was a spirit behind it. A spirit of infirmity. That literally means uh, a debilitating disease. This spirit had created in her, and yet it made no difference how long she had suffered with this when Jesus walked in there and said, wait a minute. I see a covenant woman who's been in bondage for 18 years with this spirit of infirmity, and that is not right. Woman, you are loose from this infirmity. Hallelujah. 
I believe he's saying the same thing tonight. Since he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you have a spirit of infirmity, if you're in any kind of bondage, if Satan is holding you back, keeping you down, restricting you, limiting you, confining you, Jesus does not think that is right. Amen. It's not a it's not a dry sermon. <laughs> it's not right that any covenant person be in bondage. Can you say amen? It's not right that a covenant preacher lose his voice while he's preaching. Amen. That is not right. Now, covenant people have certain rights and privileges. Jesus was there to enforce those rights. And in Psalm 103, verses two and three, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There are benefits to being a covenant man or a covenant woman. One of them is, who healeth all thy diseases. The message translation says, don't forget a single blessing. He heals your diseases, every one of them. Don't forget a single blessing. That literally implies, do not let what rightfully belongs to you escape your mind. Do not let what rightfully belongs to you be removed from your thinking. Can you say amen? Amen. You ought to be thinking all the time. God said it, that settles it, and I have a right to it, praise God. See, my attitude is, if there's something in this book that God didn't want me to have, he shouldn't have put it in my copy. Amen? If he didn't want me healed, he shouldn't have put healing in the book. If he didn't want me to prosper, he shouldn't have put that in my copy of the book. Because once I find it, I'm going for it. And I'm like a bull in a china closet. I am not giving up until it is mine in reality. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So notice Jesus walked in there that day, even though she had suffered for 18 years, you could, you could say that he actually is saying to her, woman, I got good news for you. Today is your great breaking loose day. It's your great breaking loose day. And I believe he's saying the same thing to you and me in this very hour, praise God. Let's remember that it was Jesus who pointed out to this congregation that covenant people have certain rights. That woman didn't walk in there and say, I have certain rights. She could have, but she didn't. It was Jesus who pointed it out. Amen. And if Jesus points out that you have certain rights, then you are entitled to experience those rights. Hallelujah. And don't make it as what anybody else thinks about it. You know, I've discovered over the years, like I said, I've been in this 47 years now, preaching from one end of this planet to the other. And I've discovered it's not so much the world that gets upset with me for being blessed. It's religious people. It's, it's the offspring of this bunch that was in that synagogue that day. 
Amen. Their, their descendants are still around. No, the, the world, I've, I very seldom have any, uh, you know, criticism from, from sinners. They, they want to know, how are you doing this? Where are you getting all this? And that's when I get to tell them about the God I serve. But it's religious people that get upset. You know, the first church that ever asked me to preach, a little Pentecostal church in Shreveport where I grew up, <clears throat> on the backside of the tracks, we didn't have GPS then, so you had to pray in the Holy Ghost to find the place. <laughs> and this little Pentecostal church asked me to come and preach. And so I was delighted somebody wanted to hear what I had to say. And you know, I'd, I've never been to the seminary. I don't have any religious background. All I know is I got in the word of God. God began to teach me covenant, began to teach me how to live in victory. That's all I knew. And I thought all Christians knew that. I thought all Christians loved to hear about living in victory. And I remember when I got up to preach and I'm talking about our covenant, I'm talking about blessing, I'm talking about victory. And it was a guy got up in the back and just stood up and interrupted me and said, well, I'll tell you one thing, even Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation. I didn't know you were allowed to do that. I mean, I owned a paint body shop before I went in the ministry. I don't know anything about religious politics and religious, uh, you know, protocol. And, and I turned to pastor was sitting on the platform. I said, is he allowed to do that? Interrupt me while I'm preaching? Well, I found out the pastor believed the same thing he did. And he's already mad at me because they weren't living in victory. And he's mad because I was. And I said, sir, uh, Excuse me, but I'm not through. He said, Jesus said in the world, you'll have tribulation. And the whole church went, amen. And it wasn't but a handful of people. And the pastor said, amen. I said, well, sir, since you interrupted me, would you mind giving me chapter and verse on that? So far, everything I've said, I've given you chapter and verse. You just blurt out something and don't even give me chapter and verse. Where is that? He said, I don't know, but I know he said it. I said, that's not good enough. I didn't come here like that. I didn't come in here just throwing things out in the air and expect you to believe it without giving you scripture for it. Amen. So where is it found, sir? I don't know, but I know it says it. I said, well, ask one of your amen buddies. Anybody back there know where it is? <laughs> no. I said, sir, look in your Bible. Go to the book of John. I don't have my Bible with me. I said, you didn't even bring your Bible and you're challenging me? I mean, boy, we having a, we having a tennis match here. The, the, the church is doing like this, a whole service. You know? I thought, well, he started this. I'm going to be just as bold as him. You know? I said, uh, would somebody give the man a Bible? He took the Bible. I said, open to the 16th chapter of John. He opened it. I said, look about verse 33. He looked there. He sa I said, read it out loud. In the world ye shall have tribulation. He shut the Bible and said, I told you so. I said, sir, you're not reading the whole verse. Open your Bible and read it again. In the world ye shall have tribulation. And he closed it again and said, I told you so. Everybody said, amen. Pastor said, amen. I said, sir, you're misquoting Jesus. Read the whole thing. 
He said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but, I said, did you say but? <laughs> but, I said, sir, I'm not an English scholar, but I do know that but is a conjunction, and that means he's not through talking, thou shalt not stop reading. <laughs> I said, what comes after but? But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, hallelujah. You would have thought the whole church would have said, wow, we never saw that. Thank you, Brother Jerry. No, the pastor got up and said, you done, son. And sent me on my way. I was up, uh, uprooting their religious traditions. I found out some, some folks will fight for the right to tribulate. Some folks will fight for the right to live in defeat. But let me tell you something. If Jesus walks in the service and says, hey, wait a minute, I see covenant people in here that are in bondage and I'm telling you, that is not right. You are loosed from your bondage, hallelujah. Then I'm gonna be one of them that is loosed. Can you say amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the great breaking loose time. Amen. I believe that Jesus is saying to us, if we're not enjoying all of our covenant rights and all of our covenant blessings and all of our covenant benefits, then it is time for us to experience a great breaking loose. Amen. 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 Things are breaking loose. I've experienced it. I'm telling you this year has been absolutely phenomenal the things that have broken loose, the things that we've been believing God for, both personally and in the ministry, breaking loose, praise God. It's almost like you don't want to sleep because you don't want to miss anything. It's happening so rapidly. I get pastors calling me all the time or texting me and saying, Brother Jerry, it's happening. It's happening, just like that prophetic word. It's happening, praise God. And God's no respecter of persons. If it's happening with them, it's happening. He wants it to happen right here with all of you. Can you say Amen. Hebrews chapter four, verse two says that if you don't mix faith with the word that is preached, then it will not profit you. See, if you walk out of here tonight and just say, well, wasn't that a good little sermon a little preacher gave us? And then you just forget everything and go home. It won't profit you. But if you mix faith with it, if you mix faith with that prophetic word, how do you do that? First of all, by just simply saying, I receive that. I receive that, I lay hold upon that, and I refuse to let go of it. Amen. You know, I've had the privilege of preaching with what I consider to be the greatest men and women of our generation, many of whom have already gone home to be with the Lord. And many of those that, that I had the privilege of preaching with and, and becoming co-laborers in the Lord with, serving with them, prophesied over me and my wife and over this ministry numerous times. Brother Hagen, Brother Roberts, various ones, Brother T.L. Osborne, and, and they'd prophesy over us. And even though some of the things they would say by the Holy Ghost, my mind could not wrap around it. It was too big. It was too far out there. You know, your mind saying, how in the world could God do that? But my spirit man received it. And as soon as it was spoken over me, the next thing they would hear come out of my mouth is, even if my mind didn't understand it, my mind couldn't figure out how God could do it, the first thing that would come out of my mouth was, I receive that. Yes, 
I lay hold upon that in the name of Jesus and I'm not backing off of it until it comes to pass. And you know, every prophetic word that's ever been spoken over me by men and women like that has come to pass, but I don't think it would have if I'd have given up overnight or given up in a week or so. I held fast. I did what Paul said to Timothy, wage a good warfare with the prophecies that have been spoken over you. And if you're willing to do that, then God will see to it they come to pass. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, this is your time for a great breaking loose. Receive it, praise God. Somebody shout, I receive that. Say, I lay hold upon that. I will not let go of it. Now, real Bible faith gives God praise in advance before it ever sees it happen. Come on, give God your best shout tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe there's a great breaking loose of covenant blessings for the body of Christ during the course of this year. We've already seen that one of those covenant blessings is healing or divine health. What are some of the others based on Deuteronomy chapter 28? Prosperity. Based on Deuteronomy chapter 28, one of the covenant blessings that Abraham was entitled to, but it didn't end with Abraham. It also said, and his seed in their generation. We're the seed of Abraham in this generation. So that covenant blessing is extended to you and me. What are some of those blessings that that we are to enjoy, should be experiencing? Not only divine health and healing, but prosperity. I believe there is going to be a breaking loose of prosperity in the body of Christ like we have never seen before, hallelujah. Why? Because we are rapidly approaching the end and God needs us to finance this great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? It's not just so we can hoard it up on everything we've ever lusted after. No, it's so, yes, he wants you to live a good life. He wants you to have plenty, but bottom line is he will bless you so that you can be a blessing, so that you can further the kingdom of God. How many of you would like to be able to write your church a million dollars and not even blink your eye? Hallelujah. Well, that shouldn't sound strange for covenant people. Amen. Prosperity, a breaking loose of prosperity. Uh, Another blessing that is listed in Deuteronomy 28 is promotions. He'll make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. There are some of you in here tonight that you are in great need of a promotion where you work, a promotion on your job, a promotion in in what you do uh, for your livelihood, so to speak. And part of your covenant blessing and benefit is promotion, hallelujah. Look at somebody say, a promotion is about to break loose. And you know what? It's not uncommon when God's behind it, you get promotions when you don't even deserve them. You get promotions when you don't even qualify. You get promotions when you don't even have the expertise. You get promotions when you don't even have seniority. It don't make any difference when God says, I'm breaking loose a promotion. Your boss will just stand there and blink his eye. And the next thing you'll hear him say is, I don't know why I'm doing this. But when it happens, you know that it's God saying you had a right to a breaking loose, hallelujah, because you're a covenant man 
or a covenant woman. Can you say amen? amen? Another great blessing from Deuteronomy chapter 28. Favor. Everybody shout favor. favor. No, shout favor. Favor. Favor happens to be my favorite subject. I believe I can be safe in saying I've written more books, produced more resources, and preached more sermons on the subject of favor than any other preacher in our generation. This is the first thing God taught me when I surrendered my life to him in 1969. Shut my business down, went to my guest bedroom, spent three months, eight hours a day studying the word of God. When I come out of there, I had a revelation of the favor of God, and the Lord said to me, I didn't dare tell anybody at that time, but he said, and I wrote it in my journal. There will come a day when your name will be known around the world for the favor of God that you walk in, and I'll hold you responsible for teaching other people how to walk in it as you do. And that has come to pass. Everywhere this ministry has, has gone around the world, if there's one thing they identify it with is the favor of God. I don't know why I'm God's favorite child. I just am. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go ahead and touch me. It'll be all right. Oh yeah, hallelujah. No, he loves you just as much and you got just as much favor. Only difference in me and some of you, I know how to walk in it. For some of you, it's just a sermon. It's just a book. It's life to me, 24-7. I experience the favor of God every day of my life. I live in a continual state of God's favor. And I've experienced it for 47 years, but I hear God saying, son, there's a great breaking loose of favor and you hadn't seen anything yet. If you think you've walked in it up to now, just wait to see what you're headed for. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I receive that. And give the Lord another shout. Praise God. Success. Success is one of the blessings of covenant people. Praise God. He said, I'll bless everything you set your hands to do. Praise God. How'd you like a breaking loose in that area? That everything you touch turns to gold. Glory to God. Everything you do, there's a profit with it. Praise God. It's one of the blessings. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness, abundance, plenty, reserves, hallelujah, storehouses, praise God. And that's plural, storehouses, amen, Amen. Amen. glory to God. God wants you so blessed that you have to have storehouses. Well, let me try this side of the auditorium, didn't get much response. Storehouses, hallelujah, amen. Reserves, praise God. Glory to God. He wants you so blessed that that you just don't know what to do with it all. You have to pray in the Holy Ghost to see where he wants you to distribute it. Hallelujah. My wife and I joined hands back there in 1969 when we began to learn these things and, and we were in debt up to our eyeballs, both personally and my business. In the natural, there was no way to get out of debt. I was like Charles Capps. I wasn't just in debt. I was in supernatural debt. You couldn't get in debt that deep naturally. It was supernatural, you know? And, and yet we saw in that covenant, praise God, that we had a right to favor, we had a right to prosperity, we had a right to success, and if we learned to walk in this, eventually we'd get to the place where we wouldn't have to borrow no more, but we could be the lender, hallelujah. 
And we joined hands right then when we had absolutely nothing. And we said, God, when this happens, not if, but when this happens, we covenant with you, we vow with you that we will become a clearinghouse. We will become a distribution center. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what God's allowed us to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And folks, these things are about to break loose like we have never experienced before. Can you say amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the right thing. Why? Because Jesus said it is. Isn't it right that you be loosed from anything that Satan is behind? Anything that Satan is the author of. Dare to believe for a great breaking loose in each one of these areas. And remember, Jesus said, this is right. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Jesus said, this is right for covenant people. Look at someone and say, it's right that I experience covenant blessings. It's right that I walk in unprecedented favor. It's right that I have reserves. It's right that I live in health. It's right that I have promotions in life. Why? Because Jesus said so. And give him another shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, my time has wound down to two minutes and 16 seconds. Glory to God. I'm not near through. I don't ever get through. I just have to stop somewhere. It's your fault. You are pulling it out of me. Praise God. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to impart in your life tonight. And I'm believing with each and every one of you that this is your year for a great breaking loose of the blessings of God like you've never experienced before. Come on, give the Lord your best shout tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up and give him praise. He deserves it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that every person within the sound of my voice will experience the fulfillment of this prophetic word in their life, that this will indeed be their year for the great breaking loose, blessings breaking loose in their lives like they've never experienced before. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.